There ain't a podcast that's flyer. You are now tuned in to Direct Misfire. Benson, you and Selick, tell everyone to tune in. Let's roll the dice. Let me show you what we do win. A fantasy war game. Play it smart and you win. What you know about the crystal pen and the retribution? Hero, hero, giants and knights galore. It's an adventure. This is Kings of War. Let's go. Circle Arena. Sixteen deadly opponents. But for fifteen, it will be their last fight. Strength. Agility. Armor. All put to the test to be the first king of Kings of Fight Club. Welcome once again to Kings of Fight Club Round 2. As usual, I have co-host Selic. Hey guys. And arena specialist Hugh. Howdy, it's good to be back here in the arena, smelling that blood, sweat and tears on the sand. And I am your host, Bensom. Alright, Round 2, Kings of Fight Club. What are we looking at tonight, guys? We've got four fights. First round, Kane versus Jojack Horseman. What are you thinking? Oh, it's got to be Jojack. His speed, his performance last round, it's got to be uh, pretty impressive for Kane to even compete, to be honest. He's a fine trotty gentleman is the old uh, Jojack horseman, but I can't help but rate Kane on this one, my dude. I think that Kane is just such a furious gentleman. We saw it in the last round. He just doesn't want to go down. He doesn't seem to be harmed as most of us regular mortals are by flesh wounds. Now, Hugh, I usually agree with you there, but last round, I think if we go back there and we have a look at some of these replays, we had Kane and Jojak both defeated their opponents using additional weapons. This round, however, they're going to be equally matched. No weapons, no extra armor, no nothing, just a couple of feet and a little bit of armor. That's it. That's right, Selick. In round one, Kane had taken the Mournful Blade with him, and that gave him the edge over his opponent. So it's equal footing now, just the Furious Demon versus the Horsey Boy. So when you say e- even footing, you don't actually mean that Jojack Horseman has more feet, right? No. Oh, okay. If anything, it looks like a very uneven footing here. I count uh, six feet in total, but Jojack, whilst he is a speedy character and he's going to boost over this water with no difficulty whatsoever, I imagine, facing off against Kane is not an easy task and Kane has come out of the gates on the flaming side of the arena here yes the arena has been changed since round one we now have a water feature surrounded by a few dots of trees and a flaming wall just for a bit of added danger mm. indeed Jojak looks like he's not minding the beautiful oasis that he's on in his side of the pitch but the burning wall Kane is in his elements you can see him soaking in those flames holding his hands up to it he looks cheerful as can be raising his fist to the crowd but 
Seems to be getting mainly boos and jeers here. I think the crowd is not on his side. There's not many abyssals in the crowd, as you uh, as you might expect. That's right, Hugh. Forces of Nature have a massive following here in the uh, Kings of Fight Club. And it seems to be that Jojack is horsing around a little bit here. Uh, he knows that he's got the speed over him, and he's probably going to get the charge. Indeed. And in fact, uh, Kane is not seeming like he's going to dispute that in any way. He's walked right up to this flaming wall here, and he's basking in In fact... He seems to be touching the wall without it harming him at all. This guy is just brutal. That wall must remind him of home. He seems cosy. Jojack Horseman's going to bring the heat, however, and he's making the first move straight across that water, and it looks like he's going to jump over the flaming wall here, and uh, it looks like he's made serious connection. What a majestic leap, and uh, he's had his underside singed a little bit by that wall, but he's not letting it bother him. He has booted Kane to the ground, and Kane is on his ass early in this fight. Dust all over him. He he looks a little flustered, but he seems to be rising back with a with a grimace of fury on his face. He's he's he looks mad. Well, it takes a lot to waver this guy. That's an evil face right there. He doesn't look happy at all. But when would Kane look happy? That's right. Well, I'll tell you what. The only time that I've ever seen Kane happy was when he was eating venison, and with the fire right there, Centaur Chief. Uh, of Jojack Horseman next to that fire. He's getting hungry. Indeed, and Kane wastes no time after rising back to his feet. Jojack's trying to finish the job. He's failing his hooves at Kane, and Kane just doesn't seem to give a rat's his fist one after another. Sharp gauntlets. Oh, that's Ooh. gotta hurt. Did Jojack even hit him back? Jojack seems to have missed wildly, and Kane is taking advantage. He's punched him in the rib. Ouch. Oh, this is like a bad day at the races. Well, just like the races, uh, unfortunately, it looks like Jojack Horseman's going to be put down here. And indeed, Jojack's running out of steam. Oh, this is hard to watch. Oh, my God. And Kane, his strength it knows no bounds. He seems to have lifted Jojack up above his head and... Ooh. Wow. Right onto the flaming pyre. Jojack's not getting up from that one. If that's an expression of joy, I think we've finally seen Kane with a smile. Or is that a grimace? Too hard to tell. Well, that's right. Well, my favourite of Jojack Horseman's obviously uh, slowly simmering there on that flaming wall, and, and Kane, the abyssal champion, is going to move into the next round. Indeed, the dents and scrapes on his armour seem to be almost changing shapes, like his armour is healing himself. He's walking away relatively unscathed. This guy, will anything stop him? He's a force of nature. Yes, Jojak couldn't keep up with the fury of Kane, so Kane goes into the next round. All right, that was pretty definite in that result there. Second fight we've got coming up is Got a Big Axe versus Firebrand. Okay, so what are the odds here? Well, so uh, Got a Big Axe made very quick work of Shady McShade Shade in the first round. Obviously, he's going to have the points to to uh, the money, obviously, to get a little bit more items against Firebrand, who comes in as the living legend. So uh, you've got to put it back over to Got a Big Axe here to uh, make swift work of Firebrand. Firebrand is relatively untested at this point, having only fought a uh, goblin with some nasty tricks so far. So it's hard to say how well she'll do here. She's packing some serious heat with those pistols, though, and she does know how to use them. So I've got to be worried for uh, Big Axe here that he comes up and uses his brain this time, because if he just charges headlong, he's going to cop some lead. But is there anything else that Goddard can actually do other than swing his club? It remains to be seen. He's going to need to use the terrain to his advantage to avoid getting, yeah, absolutely uh, covered in hails of bullets here. We also have to remember that Firebrand took a crystal pendant to the face 
and stood standing, smiling, relishing in her victory. Mm. Okay, looks like they're into the stalls now, ready to take off. And away we go. Alright, so God of Big Axe has actually uh, come up straight away and he's hiding behind that flaming wall. There's obviously still a little burning centaur there. But uh, yeah, it's not a bad position first up. But he does seem to be lit by the wall and um, is showing up very clearly in the sights of Firebrand here. And she is strategically standing on the opposite side of this water and just blasting away with those pistols. Boom, boom, that looks dangerous. Wow, and she's pretty accurate with that. Looks like God is going to try and retaliate with his throwing axe that he's got. Oh, and it's a few meters off. Oh, it's actually hit somebody in the crowd. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, that is is a nasty head wound that guy's got. And listeners, please remember that all audience participants have signed a waiver, so we are legally bound to not give a s***. Very... (laughs) Very fortunate they do sign that waiver, Benson, and everyone else in the crowd seems to have gotten their money's worth at least, because they came here for the blood, not for the ice creams, I'll tell you that much for free. Well, Firebrand's second lot of shots is going to be a little bit harder than the first, obviously, now that Got a Big Axe has made his way into the water. Yes, he has to close that gap. And Got a Big Axe, he seems to be up to his waist in this water, he's wading in, and it looks muddy, his... his legs are getting stuck he's still trying to throw throwing axes but he is wildly inaccurate it seems like he should probably stick to the club here so like Mm. yes i don't think he has actually practiced throwing weapons i do believe he is just used to running up and smashing face well speaking of smashing face firebrand has seized the initiative and charged straight into the water well it's very clear that uh orcs against salamanders in water is a, a weird sort of matchup. Yeah, Firebrand may be fiery by name, but she seems aquatic by nature because she's waded through that water without any difficulty at all. She's pouring it, got a big axe's face, and he's slowing down already. He's sinking deeper and deeper into the mud. He can't even seem to find room to swing that club. I'm not even sure he's got the club anymore. He's, uh, <laughs> he's actually going below the water here. Did he throw his weapon by accident? Oh, who knows? He is. It's not entirely clear if he threw it or it got stuck in the mud but one way or another he's sinking further and further down and yes he is now underneath the water and blood is just floating up all around firebrand who looks very pleased with herself completely unscathed and striking a pose now yes congratulations to firebrand that was quite upsetting i didn't think Goddard would take the hits like that and go down without really swinging hmm. it's quite disappointing uh got a big axe didn't make one swing of an attack there perhaps Goddard should change his name to not a big axe oh well they're gonna have to dredge him off the bottom of that pond and then maybe resurrect him for him to even have the opportunity here benson because i think that's the end of time here for got a big axe sounds like his family's gonna have to seek revenge yes that's right hugh fun fact firebrand is actually a corsair so hanging around the water probably was a good tactic on her behalf well there you go indeed she looked very much at home in this round. And it shows. But it's on to the next round now, so we've got uh, Francois Sneak and Stab that's taken on Sister Sledge. Now, the winner of this is going to be taking on Kane. So, Hugh, this was your favourite, Francois Sneak and Stab, to take this one? So, yes, it's Francois' matchup again at last. Finally, the hero that the Ratkin need, the representative of the new up-and-coming race, making sure that Ratkin are held in the esteem that they deserve here. Yes, and he did take down Rock Johnson from round one quite convincingly, able to skirt around those heavy swings of Rock's club and able to, what we believe, poison that poor dwarf. Indeed, his sneaky tactics seem to work well against his more heavily armoured opponent. Better than any of us expected, I might add. So I got to tip him in this round against the Abbas because his 
his sneaky ways without the armor to protect her. I don't know how she has any kind of hope. At least Brock Johnson had something to protect him against all this sharp stuff that Francois likes to sling about the place. That's true, Hugh. But I have a hunch her faith is what's going to keep her in this game. She was quite resilient in that first round against Roman Wetwipe, and I believe that's going to take place here as well. So don't rule her out just yet. Anyone that can talk to angels gets my vote. Well, she's going to need more than faith to protect her from Francois' poison here, so I know where my money's going on the bookies. But out of the gate, Francois has scooted out of there in no time at all. My God, he's fast. He's like lightning across the pitch. Wow. So quick. It always amazes me. The dust seems to be shooting up behind him as he's propelled himself across the place. And in traditional style, he's starting to fling some sharp objects at her. But as was similar against Rock Johnson, in fact, not many of them seem to be finding their mark. Hmm, that is interesting. I mean, it's a usual tactic for Francois to run up and start throwing some stuff. But why do you think, Selic, that he's not landing these projectiles anymore? Yeah, so as we can see in the super slow-mo here, his wrist position is slightly off. Okay. Now, this is something that he's been working on in the preseason leading up to Kings of Fight Club 1. Obviously, he's just throwing the practice out here. Now, look at that wrist position right there. Look at it. Right, okay. I, I, yeah. I think he must be holding back, Selic. I think he must be holding back here. He's just trying to stay his hand against this female opponent because Francois is a gentleman, as we all know. I will have to disagree there, Hugh. It looks like she's quite resilient here. She's taken a couple of hits, but she seems to be shrugging it off, paying them no mind at all. Okay, it looks like she's jumped the wall and is charging in. And she might be... Yeah, she looks like she's got a bit of difficulty with that water and that wall, but she's still managing to land a few blows. My goodness, is she landing some hits here. And I'll tell you what, Francois' sneak and stab, if we went back to the first round, was dodging everything. In this round, he is nodging nothing. Yes, I did think that Sister Sledge's speed over Rock Johnson's heavy swings would be key here. And it looks like Francois just can't dodge these wild swings. It seems he's more used to a more heavily armoured opponent, yeah, and used to being more nimble than his opponents as well. Here he's met his match with his sister. Man, she is so speedy Ooh. and just offering no quarter whatsoever. It seems, I, I assume he's still holding back here, but maybe he's holding back a bit too much. I think the look of fear in his face tells a lot here. He's trying to swing back. He's just not connecting very many blows. The ones that do connect, she just doesn't care. Yeah, that's right. The uh, Looks like she's taken out the knee here and Francois Sneakenstab is down oh. on his knees. This is not going to look good here. It looks like it could be the upset. Sorry, Hugh. Someone's given her the antidote or something. What's happening here? She seems to be completely unaffected by his attacks. If and, we oh, zoom in here, oh. we can see that faint golden glow. I think that's her faith taking effect here. That poison is just not seeping through. Ooh. She's raising her weapon and there seems to be light shining down directly on it from above. The crowd are holding their hands up against the glare. This is frightening. Wow. Oh, oh Francois. Oh, quick, someone go after that page boy. Tell him to bring my money back. Oh, no. no. Like the rat he is, he crumples under a hammer. Hugh, I thought you said this was a rigged attack. Oh, why? That was her signature move, the Basilean mousetrap onto the face. Oh boy. Frig! But looks like she's trying to help Francois up. Oh, he's unconscious, he can't accept her hand. Who's responsible for this? Good sport on Sister's side. She goes into the third round. Congratulations to Sister Sledge. I'll tell you what, isn't that going to be a round three that we need to see? So Kane, obviously the Abyssal Champion taking on the uh, Sister Sledge, the Abessal Basilean. That is going to be good. A grudge match for the ages. Mm. 
So we've got I'm a cut you, obviously the Twilight Assassin. Uh, Let's hold on there, Selick. Looks like we have to pick up Hugh from the ground. Can we get some chocolate or something? Cheer him up a bit? Well, it's not going to be chocolate. It's going to be beer, if anything. It was, it was hey, buddy, you, you okay? All right, we'll <laughs> just take a quick break, and we'll cut back in just a moment once Hugh has picked himself up again. Are you tired of tripping over exposed roots? Damn! Those exposed roots are getting me down! Are you finding it difficult to walk across loose rocks and stones? <laughs> my weak ankles! Or is nature just getting in your way and slowing you down? I hate you, nature! Then you need Maqua's Potion of the Caterpillar. With just one small vial, Maqua's classic formula allows you to glide across uneven ground as if it were the well-paved streets of Spartha. Canter over the bodies of your enemies with ease. Land your flying beastie safely into a well-concealed copse of trees. Or just run down those pesky tax-evading peasants as they foolishly flee into the forests. Make travel troubles a thing of the past with Maqua's Potion of the Caterpillar. No, nothing can slow me down. Oh, fence. Also within the Maqua family of home remedies, Maqua's Potion of the Cricket, Maqua's Topical Ointment of the Slugfish, and Maqua's Bath Salts of the Armored Megaloraptor Bird. Inquire today your local apothecary. Maqua Curatives. Things are better with a Maqua. Oh, and it looks like we're live again. Hugh, how are you holding up? You know, Benson, <clears throat> I'm fine. You know, I'm a tough guy. I've been through worse before. I think it's a shame the way that Francois has let his people down. We'll, we'll sort him out and we'll, we'll replace him with a far superior assassin next time. And by we, of course, I mean the glorious Ratkin people. Yes, that you are unaffiliated with. Completely unaffiliated, of course. I just, I just, I can't help but root for the underdog, as it were. The underrat. Indeed. <laughs> Well, we come into our last round here. So this is Amakachu, the Twilight Assassin, as I've mentioned before, and the uh, Disselborfman, who made swift work of uh, the Chris Sun last round. So Disselborfman, the Heartbreak Champ, who's your favorite here, Benson? It's it's hard to pass up against Disselborfman. That power, that extra set of limbs, that hammer that he wields, and that regeneration ability, it's, yeah, it's going to be tough. That said, Ima does come into this fight equipped with a few tricks of her own from the armory, so we'll see what she pulls out. Yes, she's been amped up a little bit here, Benson, and fair enough as well. I mean, Diffle Borsman is a formidable opponent, and he stands head and shoulder, waist and flank above her, and wields incredible might as well as regenerative powers, as we saw in the previous fight. So we have helped out Ima Cut You, you might say with uh, both weaponry and some stimulants. Mm, that's right. Yes, and I think that might be the edge that she needs. She did take down Gaza the Ghoul in the first round quite quickly. She was charged, if we remember, but her retaliation was swift and definite. Yes, her skill is unquestioned, but it remains to be seen whether she can uh, stand up to the pure brute strength that is Bizzle Dorfman. And the speed. It looks like they're lining up into the stocks now. 
and they're off. Look at racing because uh, Dizzle Borfman's going to win that race, but uh, Amakachu does get out a little bit earlier. Unfortunately, it looks like he's going straight for him. Ima's come straight out of the gates and waded into the water without any hesitation whatsoever. Maybe these stimulants are affecting her mind, Selick, because she seems so amped up. She's almost too eager here. I am a little bit confused, and I'm sure that she is also confused that she is up against a half-breed champion. Uh, obviously not somebody that's got a slower movement here. So no shots, five, two out of range here. But uh, what's Dissel Borfman going to do? Yes, that hand crossbow just doesn't have the reach. But it looks like that doesn't matter for Dissel. He is thundered across over Look the flaming wall and into Ima's face. He's come out like a bull in a rodeo, stomped through that water the dirt and leapt straight over that flaming wall like it is not even there and he started swinging at poor old Ima here. Oh, I would not want to be her. Those thumps, you can hear them from here, but it looks like she's taken them in her stride and she's trying to strike back. She's actually doing a few good solid hits. That's uh, those extra tricksy items that she's been able to carry from the armory. Looks like they're helping. Well, disembarkment in the water doesn't look so good. No. Yeah, he looks shocked. I mean, he's lost several fingers, although we saw that didn't hold him back too much last time. Floating in the water now, and he's backing off from I'm a Cut You. I can't believe this. She seems to have reversed the momentum. She's covered in blood but not letting it bother her as she slices with incredible skill and more and more wounds keep appearing on Dissel Borfman's body here. Yes, I think Dissel was expecting to lay his opponent down in that initial charge and because she's still standing, that's probably put him off, which is quite unusual. That's right. He's backed up with his ass almost against the flaming wall now, but as per last round... We're seeing all oh, those fingers are growing back at an incredible rate. The wounds that Ima's opening on his chest seem to be healing at, as quickly as she can oh, put them there. It looks like she's done nothing at all. There's just a couple of scratches now. And he is responding back from those attacks with thunderous blows. What is one woman to do against such reckless hate, Benson? That is a question that I can't answer. Probably nothing. Maybe retreat. He's swinging back at her and, my God, Oof. crump, crump. Oh, there's only so much the human Oof. body can take. She's not regenerating. She's just bleeding more and more. And it looks like, I, I don't know if she can get up from this. I'm not even sure she's human. <laughs> no, she's an elf. Oh. Close enough. And it's not going to help her here. Pointy ears or no pointy ears. When you don't have any bones that are still intact and operational, you can't fight anymore. Well, I don't want to call it, guys, but it looks like an elf in the sand here. And the age-old question of what is harder, hammer or skull, is also answered. The hammer is harder. Excellent. You write that down. I'll record that here now. Turns out Abyssal Dwarfs are excellent forgemen and do not let the team down here as I'm a cut use head... Yeah, she ain't cutting nothing no more with her head made out of dust. Well, this is going the right way here. Uh, obviously, Dizzle Borfman is going to take out this round, or has taken this round out quite easily. And he's going to proceed into Firebrand here, but uh, could this be a Kane, a Bissell champion, versus a Dizzle Borfman final? We will have to see in the next round. But for round two, Dizzle Borfman takes the victory over I'm a Cut You. We should uh, probably pick her up. Indeed, that does conclude our quarterfinals here, Benson and Selleck, which means we've got to look forward to the semifinals next week here in the arena. That's right, semifinals coming up. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. Twelve combatants stay. Four still remain. Stay tuned for more carnage in Kings of Fight Club. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in with my team. Make sure you follow on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, indeed, more than a game. It's a lifestyle, yes, sir. Hope you realize that the math hammer doesn't work. <laughs> we give the people what they desire. Australian war gaming podcast, direct misfire. You don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, we got plenty more. If you're ready, let's go. Stay tuned, that's for sure. Hey.